Welcome to Sports Lounge Live, a weekly talk show covering baseball. I don't believe what I just saw. Basketball. Believe it, Cleveland. The Cavaliers are NBA champions. Football. Got it at the five and into the end zone. Touchdown. Hockey. He's got the NASCAR. Green flag waves again at the World Center of Racing. Plus the latest sports news, both pro and college. Hear past talk shows on your phone by calling 773-572-3006. Or as a podcast on your iPhone, Victor Stream or computer, or on your smart speaker. Visit legendoldies.com for links to automatically connect via your computer or iPhone. Call the sports aficionados at area code 646-876-9920. 23 and enter the pin 287-723-4600 followed by the pound key twice and now your hosts chris devon barry lester sean platz robert herrick and bill sparks lounge live perry lester and the in the crew here today and uh, we have a lot of nfl and a lot of other things to talk to you about today. So, Chris, what show are we on today? Okay, well, we're on show number 181. It is February 8th, 2022. This is our pre-Super Bowl show. And um, we are going to be talking a lot of NFL uh, in, in different aspects. We are going to talk about the current news and notes. And we're also going to do our all-time top five NFL players. Everybody's going to go around and say what they think about that. Then we're going to do our Super Bowl predictions, so you'll want to stay tuned for those because they're so wonderful. And then, uh, but first, we'll of course do our panel presentations. Then the NFL, then baseball, college football. We have one college football note. We have college basketball. We have NBA, and we have NHL. And Robert, in his panel uh, uh, discussion, has said that he'll throw in a a NASCAR note and a tennis note. So just uh, we'll get those out of the way uh, fairly early on. But for my panel presentation, I just, I kind of said it last week. It had already started, but I heard more of it this week. And it's just these these orphaned Patriots fans with, oh, Belichick doesn't like Brady, and Brady doesn't like Belichick, and nobody likes Kraft, and all this whining they're doing. I mean, look, Matt Jones is here. Mac Jones, let's move on. Let's see what we can do. Let's enjoy the 20 years we had with Brady and the six Super Bowls. You know, and uh, we got to see that uh, tuck roll game the other night, and that was very interesting. And with uh, him and uh, Charles Woodson going back, yeah, and we forth, can talk about that. We can talk about that. And you know, but the thing, the thing is, move on. Don't worry about it. You know, the Celtics are playing well. The Bruins are playing well. Hopefully, we'll have a baseball season. The Red Sox would be contenders. The Patriots, uh, you know, have a quarterback. You know, get over it. Don't don't worry about it. I guess in the Twitterverse and the whatever, it's just very hard. Somebody sees something and they got to respond, and then this one responds to that one, and these people are just hanging on it like they're like it's their parents got divorced and they're seven years old. You know, grow up, deal with it. He's gone. the The career is over, and uh, you know, and 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 the, his time with the Patriots is over, and eventually, probably because they've all they're all rational people. I think Bob Kraft and Brady, and Belichick will get together. Belichick and Parcells did that 30 for 30 a couple of years ago, and they were pretty amicable about that, and they've had their resentment. So I think time will, will heal the wounds and, uh, you know, just, just get over it. My God. Anyway, our host to be named later, Rick Swan. Hello. Uh, waiting for the Super Bowl. Uh, it's been, I've noticed a couple of really quick 
big-time fiascos here. I mean, this this Olympics is ridiculous. I know the writings are terrible, but not just that. You got you get the crew from today in the morning sitting outside around the fire pit with parkers on in that Radio City Music Hall. It's it's ridiculous. You got. <laughs> I, I I never I don't usually watch Olympics. I went by USA looking for something a, a couple of days ago, and I did see a minute of the U- women's USA hockey team against Sweden. And them doing the play by play here, it's they they missed. It was a good five or ten seconds before they realized US had scored a goal in the part I was watching. And then after they finally realized that the two announcers talked over each other for ten seconds, so that's that's really bad. And the other the one that's even worse, the Pro Bowl. I, I haven't watched that in a few years. I figured I'd give it a try this week, this year. And my God, they first of all, with the rules, they took the kickoffs out of the game. And then with the coaches' decisions, they took the punting out of the game because they went for a, um, you know, did a fourth and 15 from their own 25 after every score. And I'll tell you, when younger, when, when my sight was a little better, I've played in some two hand tag football games that had more contact than this game had. <laughs> this, this was ridiculous. They've got a, it was an embarrassment. They've got to stop this game. I mean, if they want to do some kind of, uh, your skills competition with the players, or anything, that's fine. But they, this is an embarrassment to the game. They've got to stop this. Yeah. And you know, one thing about the Giants, you know, it's funny how I started, I brought up this thing with Flores and the Giants last week, not knowing then 20 minutes later everything was going to explode. Mm-hmm. Um, the It's funny because one of the reasons the Giants got in trouble was from the Patriots, Bill Belichick. But I my theory is that they can get out of any trouble with, a, with another um, reference to the Patriots because of, Brian Dable, he, I believe they offered him the job before they talked to Flores. I don't, I don't believe he signed a contract before he they talked to Flores. So all the Giants have to say is bring up that one name, Josh McDaniels. You see what he did with Indianapolis? We had to keep doing our due diligence in case that happened to us. <laughs> so I think the Giants get out that way. Ah, uh, that's all I have, Perry. You know what? And with the Pro Bowl, Rick, on Sunday, you said you watched it. I was out. Um, I had a fantastic tenderloin on sunday and that took the place of the pro bowl and believe you me i'll bet that tenderloin was a million times better than that game was you did a lot better than i did (laughs) so but uh, college basketball is big here um we'll have to see what happens uh iowa Iowa and Iowa State right now are both in the NCAA tournament. Uh, Drake or Northern Iowa, either one, are going to have to win the Missouri Valley tournament to get in, but they certainly could. Um, They played each other on Saturday night. Both games that Drake and Northern Iowa played have been overtime games, and each team won on the other's home court. So if they meet again in the tournament, that should be a fantastic game for a third round. But we'll have to see about that. And... uh, we're getting ready to start tournament time here in Iowa. Wrestling is is next week, and then basketball starts about 10 days after that. And if you believe the tradition, girls basketball, they would be the first basketball tournament. We'd probably get a snowstorm that time if you believe the, the old tradition. And there's a lot of uh, stories that go around about that. The old girls year. basketball almanac, yeah. Yes, <laughs> that there, there's always a, a snowstorm and all that there's a, that was always the fun thing because they said they did a a dance during the girls tournament because everybody got snowed in one year way back right, in the cool. 50s <laughs> it was kind of cool to hear some of those stories but uh, i'm sure bill there's a lot of good stories that go around in florida and indiana this is true not so much here in southwest florida as far as sports um i'm relegated to 
two stations on AM to listen to, and one of them, thank goodness, is a sports station. But we have no problem as long as I've got an Amazon tap in my hand. I've got access to Indiana sports, and I've got Chicken Nugget or Twitter, and I've got Facebook, and I've got The Athletic. I can find out how a team totally rebuilds overnight. Well, trying to, and so that's what's going on with our professional basketball team. Now, Bill, what do they do in in southwest Florida? What is the big sports deal down there i mean because they don't have any they really don't have any teams you'd have to go up to tampa to get that well i think i think the biggest thing here is well they like the nfl the patriots are the number one team here in naples i mean by far there are more new england people here Hmm. so the patriots would be number one but high school football is huge yes Oh, yeah. And, and Florida's like number two behind Texas high school football wise as far as and I think college football in its own way is is kind of and they have a lot of what's the guy who played for the Colts, Marlon Mack and they've yeah. had several players from southwest Florida here who really done well, especially running backs. But other than that, watching Teams totally upload or up whatever you want to call it, implode, implode or whatever. Just upgrade, yeah. Just totally, just change a roster. I mean, but like Chris said, when you're going from one losing team to another losing team, you. But we'll see. But at least it keeps everybody talking on sports talk and that's I would think one of the things they'd be concerned about down there and just the general community is the economy if there's no spring training or I would bet you're right isn't at the right time you know even if you add three weeks of spring training but it doesn't start till the beginning of April when people have already made their reservations nobody's going to be down there as tourists you know right that is that is a big thing and we'll be talking about this later but I think yeah. something's going to happen with a big name or you're going to have to limit. What's the agent's name that is involved? Scott. Scott, Scott I think he's probably more involved with this than what we know. And there is no doubt about that. I have read that over and over yep. that the agent, the agents are really advising the players. It, yes, it's Tony yep. Clark, but they're really taking their cues from this Bruce Meyer, who's their negotiator. And from the agents. That you know, at one time, when Marvin Miller ran, was, you know, Marvin Miller was involved yeah. in this, the other side. There was more more yielding to public pressure. Hey, we ought to get this done. And even though there was strikes, but, you know, I don't know, but... This well, they were the first one, too, and I think that scared them because, you know, it was 10 years before the NFL went out. You know, baseball started in 72, so I think that that was the thing. And, of course, at that time, it really was uh, at, right up there with the NFL football as far as popularity goes. So, you know, it really uh, drew a lot of attention. So, Robert, take it away. Oh, I will be glad to do so, and let me get a couple of things out of the way. Uh, number one, Novak Djokovic has decided to get vaccinated. Because, as we discussed last week, 
Rafael Nadal won the Australian Open, and the next tournament is in Paris, and Nadal has won 13 of those. And the French government has informed Mr. Djokovic that if he did not get vaccinated, he would not be allowed to play in Paris. So he doesn't want to fall further behind um, Mr. Nadal, which he'll probably win the uh, French Open because he's won it more than anybody else. And in NASCAR, they had the race at the Coliseum on Sunday, and Joey Logano is the one that won that. And uh, from all accounts, it, it was an overwhelming success. So good for them. Um, that doesn't which, count for the cup standings, does it? That's no, it does not. Race. No. Yeah. No. Um, and um, as far as me personally, I meet with uh, an oral surgeon tomorrow, so I'll get an update on my dental status. So uh, we'll, uh, I'll, have, I'll get for, further clarity on what's going to happen there. It's been a long wait. Um, and we're having good weather today. And, of course, I've been quite busy with the boxing because boxing is picking up fast and furious. So, Sean, what's going on in Texas? Well, I survived the blizzard. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> the ice storm. It was the ice storm more than anything. But, yeah, back in the 60s today, a uh, couple things. First of all, you know, I I thought about an idea with the you know, skills competition, because Rick was talking about the Pro Bowl. I did not watch it. I watched the WKRP marathon. It was a tribute to Howard Hessman, but <laughs> instead. But what they ought to do is maybe the Saturday night Super Bowl weekend at the Super Bowl site, move the skills competition to there. Make it like a whole fa- part of the fan experience. Move it there. You can still make the Pro Bowl team, so you can get your, your money, you know, because right. half the people don't want to play in it anyway. But just yeah. just do that. But we had a lot of interesting college basketball this last week going here for Texas, especially, man, three out of four beating Tennessee a week ago Saturday. Of course, losing to Tech out there in Lubbock, taking down Iowa State, just blowing them out of the water, and then taking out number eight Kansas last night. And the fans, I mean, it was an excitement. It, like I said, it's a celebration of the last, Year of the Irwin Center. The last event's going to be April 4th, a Harlem Globetrotters event. And then the new arena opens on mid-April with a concert. But other than that, you can contact us anytime throughout the week at 773-572-7715 or 800-693-0595, option two, say it's for Sports Lounge Live. Or you can also email us, sportslounge at allthingsradio.net. For your sports news, anything going on, 712-432-3642. Board 9 is the Sports Lounge board. Board 13 is the Schedules board. And that is really imperative since we're having these makeup games with the NHL and all the changes and everything going on. So that's a good place to go check those out. Our buddy Dave in Toronto has been putting the schedules up. I want to thank him for that. Also, tomorrow... The Bill Perry and Friends show will be on at the Tim Ani time. Tim Ani has something to do, so Bill Perry and Friends will come on right after the coffee club, just like they did last week. So, uh, and then next week there's gonna be it's gonna be confusing everybody. Bill, the Bill and Gary show and the Bill and Perry show will be switching days. So, but it'll be a lot of the same people. But. Yeah, enough about that. You want to hear some NFL. Before, and before we do the NFL, we do have one one hand, so let's get to that, and then we'll talk about the NFL. 
Uh, Alan, if you want to unmute, we'll be able to to talk to you. Okay. Did I unmute? No. You got it. You got yeah, it. Yeah, we can hear you. You're right. We got you. We can hear you. Go oh, ahead. Oh, he now, re-muted. now he remuted. Yeah. I think yeah, I'm re-muted. Re-muted. There, there you are. There you go. Go yeah. ahead. Yeah. I was wondering uh, regarding the baseball lockout, is it still going to happen, or is are they going to be able to settle that before the season? Well, it, oh, they're the, still locked out, but that's sixty-four million dollar question. question. That's yeah. Right. yeah, it is. I yeah. mean, the the key day in my mind is if they can get it settled basically by March first and get the players to the spring training sites by about March 10th, they won't lose any games. That's that's the bottom line. They can have a three-week spring training if they need to. The players need time to get there. So you need to settle it by the end of this month, very beginning of March, in order to not lose games. After that, I think it becomes problematic. Well, and even if you, hypothetically, let's say that you get it done a little bit after March 1st, you could probably... If you had to move it back by about a week, you could make some of those up with double headers, you know. Yeah, you might and get be those games to. in. But if you if it gets much past March first, which I mean, right now I I think we would all agree. Right now, the it is not looking very good. No, well, it's, that can. But we're that not can, hearing much, which is actually change. good. That we're can not change in a, in a day or two. So you know, right. we're not hearing much. So we don't right. know. Yeah, I know on the sports stations they've been railing about that. You know, are we going to have a baseball season? Are we not going to have? I think yeah. there will be a season. Yeah. I think there's a possibility that it yeah. is delayed. I think that would be a, uh, a terrible thing for baseball if that happens. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, they're probably in ratings. They're as high as they've been yeah. in a long time. The highest if, ratings they've had in 15 years. And if you, and if you pull years. something like this... I think you're going to set that. People are going to find other things to do, and they're going to say, I don't need this stuff. You know, college baseball starts next weekend. College baseball well, does. It starts a week from Friday. That's correct. I mean, there's yeah, uh, all kinds of sports that's challenge. happening, you know, uh, all over the sports channel. So if you just want to just take your pick. That's right. And, that's you right. Know, you guys, uh, we're still commenting on this. Not only that, the only thing else that I'm thinking of is when a player retires, you know, like Tom Brady, he's been so many years, you know, for 23 years. Mm-hmm. Why, you know, do sports individuals make a big to-do over that, you know, because. Well, he's, uh, as I think we'll find when we go through our all-time list later on, most of us have him as the top, the GOAT greatest of all time. That's what that stands for. And when the greatest of all time at anything retires, whether it be music or, you know, anything else, people pay attention yeah. and people talk about it. I, my problem with it is just the, whoa, what was me attitude around yes. here about some of these fans? That's right. all I'm, I'm saying. You know, he I also like retired see, at, at the top of the games. He was yes, still I, playing I like real see, well. You know? Yes. I like to see guys, other players, you know, step up, you know, and take these people's place. And then you will have good uh, football and then whatever the sport is all year round, you know? Right. Well, That's sure. I no, like I mean, there'll be tw- in the next 20 years, if we sat here 20 years from now and did our top five, there'd be some a couple of different people in it probably. I mean, things sure do would, progress. Yeah. People come along. We don't even yeah. know. They may not even be born yet, but that's right. And that's all I have on. Okay. Thanks, Alan. Thanks. Good job, Alan. Call- okay. All right. So are we ready for the NFL news and notes? We are. And, of course, the top story of the week is the Brian, Brian Flores uh, suit. Now, what happened was that started to eke out just as we were on the air last week. We knew we'd be talking about it this week. 
I'm just going to run down the, the facts and then we can discuss it. But basically, uh, Brian Flores is uh, suing the NFL uh, because of alleged racism in hiring, uh, suing the Giants, Denver, and Miami. Uh, Belichick sent a text to Flores, which was intended for Brian Dayball, congratulating him on uh, the Giants job when Flores hadn't, wasn't done with the interviewing process yet. And Flores could still be involved with, uh, well, Houston, that's out the window. I wrote this on Sunday, so obviously that's out the window. We'll talk about that later. And New Orleans, those are gone. And uh, apparently even Minnesota because they're going to hire Kevin O'Connell later. Uh, And then NFL says uh, claims without merit. Uh, And then, and it's very difficult. What they're saying legally is it's very difficult to prove that racism was was involved in these things because there's so many factors and and the NFL – may be able to get by with this, but what it does do is kind of ruin his career. Uh, could have, uh, could have, he's trying to get a class action suit together and he could have as many as 40 coaches participate. And, uh, it turns out we were uh, throwing numbers around and we didn't have them. 70% of players in the NFL are black. And, uh, the Rooney rule was put in 20 years ago, but the number of, uh, minority coaches hasn't really changed much. Uh, Mike Tomlin is a black coach. Now we have Lovey Smith in, in uh, Houston. Uh, Ron Rivera is Hispanic. And Robert Sala is an Arab-American uh, for the Jets. Mike McDaniel. Mike yeah. McDaniel is also. Uh, okay. He, he's the, uh, oh, the guy from. Um, yeah, he's, multi, he's, he's uh, multiracial. Yeah. Okay. He's, he's multiracial. Biracial. Okay. He's All right. Okay. And he was hired by. Miami. Miami, that's right. He has a former 49ers offensive coordinator. So Flores was 24 and 25, but he had, he was five and 11 his first two years, but he, uh, had two winning seasons the first year, but he had a two winning seasons in a row with Miami, which I think is the first time in almost 20 years or something like. Yeah. And, and then he had a sham interview with Denver that he complained about. He said that Elway, uh, you know, and the other guy with him came in disheveled, didn't, were in attendance. He said, yeah, he care. claimed that El, he said Elway was hungover. Right, that's right. But uh, then uh, the uh, Denver's coming back and saying that they had to fly into Providence on the only day that they gave them, and that was the only time they could get there. And they'd been flying all night from Denver to Providence, so that was the reason for that. So who the heck knows? And then, uh, and then uh, Stephen Ross, uh, the big one of the big bombshells that really could come out of this yeah. is the hundred thousand yep. per game when he urged uh, Flores to lose games in the tank for Tua sweepstakes which, of course, you wanted to be uh, bumming for Burrow or something, as it turns <laughs> out. But um, anyway, they, uh, the idea that was a slogan was tank for Tua because that's people uh, who know, knew the most, but obviously uh, uh, yep. Burrow's done much better. But they, they did go 5-11, and 11, but he never agreed to that. And also, he was enlisted to, uh, to uh, try to get Brady uh, involved, according to him, uh, to get Brady. Uh, it was tampering. Before Brady was really eligible to be talked to, they wanted Flores, who of course had been with him here with the Patriots, to to talk to him beforehand, and uh, he didn't. He refused to do that too. So it's maybe more about Stephen Ross than anything. But anyway, guys, and the NFL, and the NFL has announced, uh, Chris, that they are investigating these allegations against the Dolphins, and I yes. think if if they are proven to be true. Uh, Stephen Ross won't be an owner. Well, hopefully the yeah. investigations will go uh, get a little more meat on them than Mike uh, the uh, the uh, Daniel Snyder stuff has, and we'll get to that in a and minute. Ro- but- yeah, Roger Goodell issued a memo to all 32 owners on Saturday saying, uh, you know, yes, the Rooney Rule rule is is good, you know, but we're not doing well. I can only do I can enforce rules. I can, but 
you guys as owners need to do better as far as diversity. Basically, you know, doing a little CYA, you know, because right. lawsuit and everything. And he yeah. met with a group of uh, black leaders yesterday, including Al Sharpton and others. Um, and they asked him basically to to do away with the Rooney rule that it's really not serving any it's purpose. It's a sham. We, yes. We've sat here, yeah. and, and I know I mentioned it Friday night on our sports conference, but we sat here on this show uh, over the time that we've been here and said, well, when they get done with the Rooney rule, they have to talk to a couple of people. But then when they're done with that, they're going to hire XYZ, whoever it was. And so we know we're sitting here, and we're not on an NFL office or anything. We know it's a sham. I think, yeah, they've got to, they've got to do something different. I don't know what. But I think the players need to get a little bit involved here, too. You know, I think that that's kind of what the NBA has done. I think with, with uh, our coach here, Ime Udoka, coming in, I think the players kind of stepped forward and I think made it known to Brad Stevens, the now the general manager, that it would be nice to have a black coach. You know, they weren't against what he had done as coach, just saying, hey, it would be cool. And somebody well, would kind of know, and that's what they did. And, Chris, remember a few years ago when the whole moving, relocating of the Chargers and the Rams were going on, uh, we sat in our Friday night conference, one in, and we spent one entire conference rearranging how all the divisions yeah, should, it would have been much yeah. better. Nobody listens to us. And, and yeah. you know, to, to be fair, when these owners are hiring coaches, when they when they start the hiring process, they generally know, maybe not 100%, but they kind of know who they would like if they could get them. Right. Yeah, they know. Yeah. And, and a lot of times you end up with and, a lot of times right? end up like with the Giants situation where if they if they sign a, a you know um a general manager, then he picks the coach he and it's usually somebody he's worked with, you know. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's you know, I and just the Rooney rule and and maybe I'm wrong, but I it seems to me when they first put that in, people were saying you know, it's really not going to do that much good. And, and other people are saying, no, they probably were. not. Probably not, but what it'll do, it'll give minority candidates the opportunity to sit down with interviews and get experience doing it. But it's really, they don't know how much it's going to move the needle. And it hasn't, you know. And again, I don't know what to do either. It's, you know. Well, with the, with the Miami and the 49ers situation, because Miami took a minority coach from the 49ers, the San Francisco 49ers got extra draft picks yep. over the next two years. Yep. So, okay. And, and the whole, and it also ties in, like I said, with the whole, with the Houston Texans coaching situation, which we'll get into here mm-hmm. in a little bit, in a minute. I guess, well, yeah. this one talk about it now with Lovey Smith is the coach of the Houston Texans. Now he was a defensive coordinator. They just promoted him. Uh, the speculation on this. And the scuttlebutt that came out was Nick Casario wanted to hire Brian Flores. But then this lawsuit came out, and they're like, whoa. But Jack Easterby wanted Josh McCowan, who has never coached, not in uh, high school, college, never been an assistant, but he's gone to church with them, the, the whole faith thing. Easterby and Cal McNair liked him, and they were about ready to hire him. And supposedly now this is all hearsay but adam schefter even talked about this how i guess goodell's office contacted them and said well wait a minute if you do this this uh validates brian flores's case so it's like oh okay i guess we'll just we'll go we'll go down the hall hey lovey come on in you know if they're yeah. gonna do that why didn't they just keep david cully who that's right i mean did yeah. 
did well, better. And if you believe what you hear, if you believe what you hear, Lovey Smith was not a candidate until Sunday night. Well, no, until yeah. the NFL and got a hold of Houston. And said, well, supposedly yeah. Goodell talked. It was Saturday when Goodell or his someone from his office contacted Easterby and Cal McNair and said, you know, this is not going to look good at all. And like I said, Josh McCowan, maybe they think, oh, he's going to be the greatest coach ever. Well, bring him in as a quarterback coach. Let him, yeah. let him, yeah. you know, something like that. Let him see how he does there, and then let him work his way up like everybody else. Yep. I mean, but yeah. okay. Because so going- the, the the rumor was, guys, if Flores was hired, then Watson was going to stay there because yes. Flores wanted to work with Watson. Right. Yeah. Okay, well, yeah. you know, that's all other kettle of fish. We don't know when that's, that's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so that we now have a new name for the Washington football team. Okay. It is now the Washington Commanders. So what are they going to be, The their little nicknames? I mean, I can't know. You know, some teams don't have little nicknames, like, but you have the Pats and you have the Niners and stuff. So they're going to be the Commies? I don't think so. <laughs> no. Are they going to be the Manders, you know, and whatever, like Salamanders? Uh, and oh, the, the ticket. The ticket up in Dallas, one of the uh-huh. radio stations, was having all kinds of fun, and they do a lot of shtick-based sports, uh, you know, sports shtick. Yeah. They're like, yes, we're playing them, Dallas Cowboys. We're America's team, and they're the commies. They're the commies. <laughs> yeah, right. There you go. So what? one of the luckiest men in the, on the face of the earth, as Lou Gehrig would say, would is be Daniel Snyder, because there's been a congressional investigation going on and uh, that hasn't received much publicity because of the Flores suit. And about the cheerleaders and all the crazy things that he did. And, uh, you know, it, it's like he's getting under the radar and getting away with it. And the, the sham that they've already got, we talk about the Rooney Rule maybe being a sham, but the, the sham that his wife is running the team, you know, so what's really happening here? I mean, come on. This is so if they if they don't have a better investigation of the Stephen Ross than they are for you know, uh, Snyder, the whole thing is a sham. Anyway, look what happened with Donald Sterling in the NBA. You know, the NBA has got their act together. People may say the NFL is the most popular sport, and they are. But, but the NBA knows how to run a league. Yeah, you the, know? Uh, Adam Silver, he uh, he t- he uh, jumped on that situation and, and got Donald, Star- uh, Donald Sterling out of there as yes. fast as possible. And, and remember, yep. remember when the whole Gruden thing went down. They said there's probably more to this it tied into the Daniel Snyder investigation. Yep. There were people saying that. So. Yeah, that's are, why, but... and that's why John Gruden filed a lawsuit because he said, hey, look, I'm not the only scapegoat here. You know, there's, yep. uh, there's more to this, you know. So and, they... um, and Okay, go ahead, Rick. A couple, couple of things on the Washington, the, the commanders. I mentioned to Chris over the weekend. I, I can't wait till they play Kansas City and we get the Commanders and Chiefs. But another thing is, they, they, of course, they put out all kinds of new, you know, material with their new names, their new uh, shields and logos and stuff. And this is what happens when you when you send this stuff out to a PR firm and say, "This is our new name. This is what we need," and nobody checks it. They put their on their new shield. They put the the years of their Super Bowl championships. But instead of putting the year of the season, they put the year that the Super Bowl happened in. Oh, like I do. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't talk yeah. to me. I didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, like you say, this is what happens when you don't have a football person check it. You know? Oh, well, man. that needs to start changing. We're going to have, have Super Bowls in late February. We've got to start thinking about, you know, like we've been doing, saying the 17, 18, 18, 19 on this show, just to clarify what seasons yeah. we're talking about. But, right. You know, anyway. So Ronald Torbert is going to be the referee of the Super Bowl this year, and he's never done a Super Bowl before. 
and and uh, you know, so uh, let's see. More hiring went on. Jacksonville hired uh, Doug Peterson uh, from Philadelphia, and of course, he won the Super Bowl in the seventeen eighteen season with Doug with uh, uh, Foles. But uh, yeah. uh, you know, the the thing is, uh, the things then really fell apart, and uh, you know, after that. So I don't know what. Well, Jacksonville basically, Chris, had to take whoever they could get because <laughs> this bulky that's the general manager, nobody wants to work with him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Doug yeah. Peterson I, is, they apparently convinced Doug Peterson to do it, but nobody wants to work with this guy. I, I don't know what the deal is with Trent Balky because when he was in charge of the 49ers, nobody had a problem with him. But apparently in Jacksonville, it's a completely different story. So I don't, yeah. I don't know. What is the what are the reviews on the uh, Miami's hiring of Mike McDaniel, the offensive coordinator of San Francisco? What are people um, saying about that? I haven't heard any bad complaints. Uh, uh, people no, here, either. people are here are very happy for McDaniel's. Uh, even Shanahan said yes, he's going to be a future head coach. Um, so it looks like Miami got a good choice there. Rick, have you heard anything differently? Or no, not really. I've heard okay. anything about him. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and and Dennis Allen is now going to be the head coach of New Orleans, uh, you know, coming over after maybe not a real successful uh, season that he might have had in the year that uh, Peyton was not there. But he's going to and a former uh, and what was he eight and what was his record? Eight, eight, uh, Robert? eight and twenty-eight. Eight and twenty-eight. Eight and twenty-eight for the Raiders. So we'll yeah. see how that goes. And uh, you know, and then also Kevin O'Connell, I guess after the Super Bowl, will be officially hired by the uh, Minnesota Vikings. And um, I heard something about your buddy there, Spielman, trying to get into them talk about him getting into somebody's front office, uh, Rick. But I didn't really hear a full story on that. I, I, I didn't hear anything about it. No. Yeah, I know that's who you wanted for the Giants. That, yeah, that kind of shut down. Remember, uh, Jim Harbaugh was telling everybody he was going to get the Minnesota job. Remember, he even had the uh, the interview on National Signing Day last Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And it just had, and then of course it had to go back to oh no I'm staying I'm staying yeah, and then, well and as it went. turns it is, as it turns out it wasn't him that ended it it, it was the Vikings that ended yeah. their yeah. talk with him okay yeah the Vikings and, ended and as far as the New Orleans Saints thing goes Chris I find it strange that Allen got the job because on Sunday they interviewed Eric Bieniemy for eight hours and normally yeah. when you interview somebody for that long. <laughs> you know, yeah, I don't know what's going on with the enemy. There's, I mean, I know that there's some uh, scandal back in his past, and I forget what exactly what it is. Ninety-one, yeah, ninety-one. I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was. A, it yeah, was a, back in the day, he had he had something when he was in college at Colorado, a, a sexual yeah. assault. But that was back in ninety-one, yeah, I don't know. You know, so. And uh, and just to say so, the uh, Pro Bowl, the AFC, yay, beat the NFC forty-one to thirty-five. Yeah. I kind of liked uh, some of the rules. I like the, the. I really wish they'd bring in that fourth and fifteen from the twenty-five uh, instead of the onside kick at the end of a game. We could really use oh, that yeah. rule. That's fine. It's just these yeah. coaches do it every oh. time. You no, know, no, that's you wouldn't yeah. do that in a game anyway. No, yeah. but, Here's yeah. another piece of breaking news. Is it the Trevor Bauer one, Bill? No, this is related okay. to football. John Robinson okay. and Mike Bravel were extended. Mike Bravel were extended by Tennessee, their contracts. Oh, okay. So All just, right. just no details. Oh, and he okay. was mentioning Trevor Bauer, but we can say that there's 
Yeah, we'll get the baseballs saying, on him when we get around the baseball. No oh, yeah. So, I mean, the other thing they said they were doing, and I, the game really did go fast. Apparently, they let the clock run on incompletions. I don't like that. I think that's, no. you know, that can lead to a lot of problems with people just not getting back to the line and, you know, doing all that kind of stuff. So, I don't think that's a good uh, good thing. But anyway, okay, so that I got one is... Other, one other note. Okay. Um, speaking of Tennessee, just keep in mind that evidently... Aaron Rodgers has purchased land outside Nashville and is yes. building a house. I heard yeah. that. Yeah. So, I, I mean, mean people were saying case, maybe it's because they don't have an income cares. tax or, or whatever, but, you know, right. I don't know. And in case anybody cares, uh, apparently he and Shailene Woodley are off. So, uh, oh, okay. Well, he's well, on the market. doesn't again. know how to keep... Yeah. I don't think I can put it in Okay, yeah. so I think we are now ready, and uh, I know everybody's getting excited about our Super Bowl picks, but we said we were going to do something first, and that was going to be to pick our all-time NFL teams, and our five best players, and that is very difficult to do. So I ended up with four offensive players and one defensive players. So my, my picks are Tom Brady as number one, uh, Jim Brown as uh, from the Browns, of course, a great running back, number two. Then I picked uh, Jerry Rice, number three, receiver for 49ers. Uh, uh, Taylor, I can't think of his first. Lawrence? Lawrence Taylor for the Giants. I I think he was just a dominating defensive player in the 80s. There were plenty of good ones. And then Peyton Manning for the other player. And what I, my little criterion was to say, did you, did they dominate by so much like a Bill Russell did over the field that they were in that you just had to take them? And I think those guys all, you know, Manning is different because they were that was a rivalry, but he was very close to the all-time great. So that's 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 a Russell Chamberlain little bit kind of thing. But these other guys, Jim Brown was way ahead of his time, and Jerry Rice as well. Now we've got these two young receivers coming up with Cup and, and Chase, but you know, and then Taylor. You just everybody game plan for Taylor. So that's my five. So uh, okay, Rick. my my five is actually very very similar. Um, I start with number five because I like building suspense. I know. I know uh, it's ruining suspense. Yeah. Uh, number five. And that's the, my top four were pretty easy for me. It just I just had to put them in the right order. So I had trouble with number five. I went back and forth with uh, with Dan Marino, uh, Peyton. Uh, it turned out there was going to be a quarterback, Montana. But the one I finally chose was um, just because I, I just think combination of the way he could run with the ball and his arm was amazing. I, I went with uh, John Elway at number five. Mm-hmm. Um, the top four, uh, like I said, pretty similar to Chris. At four, I have Jim Brown. At three, Lawrence Taylor. At two, Jerry Rice. And at one, Tom Brady. Okay. All right. So, Perry. Well, of course, mine are going to be a little bit similar, but a little bit different because I'm a, little, a lot younger than Chris and, and Rick. So, um, you know, Obviously, Tom Brady, you know, you basically you have to wonder, you know, would his team have done what they did if he were missing? In a lot of cases, no, they wouldn't have. So he would clearly be number one. I had Jerry Rice number two. Um, I want to go. I want to put a running back in there. So I went with Marshall Falk because I, of course, being younger, you know, I think the Rams would never have done what they did in his time. No, had he not been there. And Lawrence Taylor, I, I went with him, and then I did put Dan Marino on there as number five. Okay. Uh, so I don't think I'm going to rank these in order, 
But I'm going to put a couple different people in this list. And one of them, I'm going to go back a little bit. But I think for his time, the impact that he had, I'm going to put Gail Sayers. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to put, and you really, you can't leave out um, Jimmy Brown because, I mean, he was just so dominant during his time. I'm also going to put one of the Steelers defensive guys probably mean Joe Green one of those guys they were they were pretty good and I'm I'm not the number one all expert um let's um put just one of the Colts on there just for the fun of it besides mm-hmm. Peyton Manning I'll put him and I think I'll end with and I think he was awful good for his time was Marvin Harrison a wide receiver? Yeah, he was. He was he very was. good. Right? See, and I, I think another one that could have gone on there from our area era, obviously, would have been Walter Payton. Yes. yes. Oh, yeah. I feel bad for Gail Sayers because he's he's like Bobby Orr. His career was cut so short. He was so great, yeah. but it was such a small sample. Right. But you know how much better that Gail Sayers and Bobby Orr would have been if they hadn't gotten injured. Or Bo Jackson, another one. That's another yeah. Yeah. career cut. That's right, too. Yep. yep. Okay, Sean. Or no, Robert. No, Robert. Oh, Robert. Oh, okay. Um, no, uh, with me, uh, I, I am going to put Walter Payton at number five. I mean, you cannot leave Walter Payton out. I didn't get to see Jim Brown play, but I had I got to see Walter Payton. Uh, boy, uh, the Bears would not have been the Bears without him. Uh, also, another one to consider as far as defense. And I'm surprised Chris or Rick didn't mention him. How about Dick Buckus at number mm. four? I thought okay. he he, he, dom- he dominated his side of the ball, you know. And no, I'm not a Bears fan, but you can't leave those two guys out. Uh, number three, uh, as far as quarterback, I've got to put Joe Montana in there. I mean, he was four and zero in Super Bowls. Whatever he needed to win a game, he found a way to do it. Uh, number two, uh, I I've got to put. Uh, uh, Peyton Manning there. I mean, if Tom Brady wouldn't have been Tom Brady, Manning probably would have won more Super Bowls. And of course, you cannot leave out Tom Brady, whether you like him or not. Seven and three in Super Bowls. I, it'll be a long time before anybody ever does that. And you may never see anybody playing ten Super Bowls again. So that's my five. Sean? All right, I'm, I got a little bit of different in a couple. I'm going to start out number five. I'm going to go with Reggie. You're cutting out. You're cutting out a bit, Sean. Okay, there. There you there go. Are you right there? Yeah, yeah there I go. Go. go ahead. Reggie White, Reggie White is number five. Oh, that's one. Yep. Deion Sanders is my number four. Okay. Good one. No, number three. Number three, Joe Montana. And then number two, Jerry Rice, and number one, uh, Tom Brady. Yep. Can't okay. argue with any of those. Nope. All right. No. Well, let's, uh, while we're at this, um, maybe he's got some something to add to this. Dick, uh, if you want to unmute, we would be able to hear you. He's Hello. a, he's Hello, a Packers guy, fan. Hey, oh, this is fun. You know, I'll tell you what. I, I enjoy what you guys are doing here. I, think I, I, like, I knew, I knew I Dick. Know. You, I knew you would get me if I didn't get Walter Payton in there, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I, I would, you know, I would pick Gail Sayers. You know, Bill. Yeah. Uh, 
And I, I'm Gail Sayers was great. It's a shame. Right, we had Doctor Feelgood as a surgeon. Didn't know what the hell he was doing, um, and they didn't have the surgery that they know now. No, right, but uh, Sayers no. would have been great if he'd been. Uh, he would have done a lot better than and Peyton was great. Really, was yeah. Oh God, you know, we, no one's talking about Dick Butkus. He well, uh, that's why I put him in there, Bill. Uh, oh, yeah, Dick. But I, I must have missed that one, guy. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, for quarterback, oh, you got you to go with Brady. I mean, he he was the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I. I, when people tell me how great Marino was, I will say that I think his statistics are skewered because because they never drafted many defensive players. His, he was always playing catch-up, unfortunately. Yeah, he was. <laughs> it's a shame he didn't go to another team because he, he probably would have won some Super Bowls. Oh, yeah, my there was God. an argument I, of whether him or Kelly, who's the best quarterback to never win a Super Bowl. Right. Well, Kelly got the four of them, though. Yeah, he got yeah, four of them right. and lost, all, yeah. lost them all. And if that one kicker would have made a field goal, yeah, Mm -hmm. there you go. Um, Let's see. uh, And, of course, we with the Rams would have had two Super Bowls in a row had it not been for that guy Brady. (laughs) We don't want to talk about that, that, but that would have been the case. Yeah. Who is no Jackie Smith? Didn't he play for that Cowboy? He dropped the ball in the end zone, wasn't he? Yeah, Jackie Smith. Super Bowl 13. I'm trying to think of a few more really great ones. Uh, Wide receiver, yeah, you got to go with Rice. He he was just the the best. Um, Got cornerbacks? I mean, or um, um, safeties? Well, that's the problem. See, that's why we didn't want to get into a whole. And well, another you know. defensive player to consider, guys. How about L.C. Greenwood? You know, you, you, you know. Well, mean Joe Green. Yeah, yeah, he said mean Joe Green. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's uh, why I went with Deion Sanders to get yeah, the defensive back. If I had to pick a, somebody said I had to pick a defensive back, and I think he died a couple years ago. We did his stats with Larry Wilson from the Cardinals. Oh yeah, he was great. He was great. Yeah, I can't Darryl put Deion Sanders on there because if you're going to be in the top five forever, you got to be able to tackle once in a while. That's correct. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Darryl yeah. Green was, Green's another good one. Yes, Darryl Green. Yeah. Good. He was yep. fast. He was fast. And of course, the tight ends. You know, you've got Gronk and you've got Casper and you've got uh, Kelsey now. And yeah, uh, you know, I mean, we've had some really great tight ends as well. And George Kittle's eventually going to be Kittle's on that list. Good too. Yeah. How about that from old Charlie Sanders? That from the Charlie Lions. Sanders from the yeah. Thanksgiving uh, Mike Day. Was yeah, a good tight end. Yeah. Gonzalez. Gonzalez. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, there you go. Never got yeah. a ring, poor guy. No oh, check. Yep. Oh, one, one more thing. You know, it's that stupid Pro Bowl. They are really, they got to get rid of that. But you know what they should do? Remember back in the 60s, they used to have a playoff between the second-place teams? Oh, the playoff ball. Oh, that they would be so distant. If you, you got the, the last week, you got the Chiefs and the 49ers <laughs> out there. Uh, you, you think you didn't see any tackling before. Yeah. Nobody played. Yeah. Yeah. That was, the that was uh, if you remember, uh, and I know Rick does, that was the Lions Invitational. The Lions were there all the time. They never made the real playoffs, but they kept going to the pro, uh, the pro uh, the uh, playoff ball all the time. Yeah, I just yeah. thought of something. What if what if you know they're all talking about you don't want to tank for these draft picks? What if you took that weekend the top the bottom two teams in the league had them play for the number one pick? And now that's Ooh. a good idea. That might be interesting. Jamal, uh, Jamal, if you want to go ahead and unmute. Uh, I would bet Jamal's got something he wants to add to this conversation. Yeah, and I know he wants to talk about Lovey Smith. Yeah, hello. I have hey, a couple on. of things to say. Well, first of all, here are my top five players of all time. Okay. I'm, I had to, in no specific order, Jerry Rice, 
defensive uh, defensive guy no one talked about Mike Singletary oh, oh yeah. there you go oh yeah another dominant tough mm-hmm. li- uh, linebacker all time great there also Walter Payton right yep a tight end I was thinking about a tight end and one of the guys who credited with really defining the modern tight end was John Mackey true oh there you go yeah, he was very good. And, and as for quarterbacks, a lot of a lot of tough choices there. But I'm going to have to go with the goat, Mr. Brady. I mean, yeah. I, I've got to give credit with Chris through 22 years. I mean, when he was in his prime with the Patriots, he made guys who who ought to be bagging groceries or fixing cars. They're the great wide receivers. I mean, Deion Branch didn't do a doggone thing after he left the Patriots. True. But yet he was, I mean, he could have made just about most of the people on this particular train car I'm on right now as a receiver with his friend. <laughs> yeah. So, you think right. Jamal, you think Jamal, he could have made us good wide receivers? <laughs> Maybe so. I mean, you know, and, and again, I'm, I was no lover of the Patriots at all, as you know, but I gotta, I gotta give, uh, Tom Brady is props. In oh, yeah. his prime, he made bums in the great. He made a lot of money for a lot of people who otherwise had no business being with Well, I, look at what he did the one year Randy Moss was there, you know? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Oh, Randy Moss had some talent, you know. Oh, yeah. Really yeah, yeah, but they finally put yeah. a bunch of weapons around him, and then he, he really got Marino-like statistics is what we're yep. saying. You know? Jamal, real, real quick, though, what do you think they're getting on Lovey Smith? Oh. <laughs> uh, you know, I just hope that Lovey gets a fair shot in Houston. He, he did get hosed, in my opinion, in Tampa Bay. Ultimately, Tampa did win a Super Bowl, but he did get backstabbed by Dirk Cutter, the general manager. That was bogus. And in Illinois, the guy just couldn't. And I, know, well, I know you weren't happy with him. I, I know you weren't happy with him, Jamal, when he was in Chicago. You used to complain about him all the time. Well, so. well, 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 here was Bobby's problem in Chicago. Defensively, he was okay. The man couldn't buy himself an offensive coordinator to save his life. If he would have had any type of offensive coordinator who was worth anything, he'd probably still be the coach over the Bears because. I and mean, the ownership and the management loved them, but when you go five years out making the playoffs, yep. and your offense is worthless, then what can you do? And you guys are talking about the guy for Miami McDaniel, yeah, him being hired. Now, my qu- only question about this guy is: Did he call offensive plays in San Francisco, or was he another guy like Matt Nagy who offered the coordinator name only, but the head coach recalled the plays? No, Shanahan called the place. Shanahan called the place. Well, well, then you know, the Nagy was supposed to be the great pick a few years ago from Kansas City, and the one time he called a game, that's when Tennessee came back and beat him in the playoffs. <laughs> and then he was, was a Bears coach, and, and and as I mentioned before, he he was a wily coyote of uh, the NFL, the genius who didn't pan out to be anything. While we got you, real quick, Jamal, who's going to win the Super Bowl? The Cincinnati Bengals. Okay. okay. All um, right, Jamal. All right, we're, we're, it leads us into our picks. So I guess I'll start off, and I'm going to 
And I by the way, Chris, be before you do that, before before you do, in case anybody <laughs> wants to know, the line is is four and a half uh, for the Rams, and uh, the over under is forty eight and a half. Okay. Well, I'm taking the over, and I'm taking the Bengals because I'm picking the Bengals to win thirty one twenty eight. It's going to be another, you know, they keep saying, we can't have another game like this. We can't do that. Yes, we can. Sure. Why can't we? This is the year for this stuff. And I also wanted to point out, too, something Rick and Bill will will remember, and actually Robert, too, I think. People say, oh, Cincinnati and L.A., they've never had a rivalry. Just because they didn't have a close pennant race doesn't mean the Reds and the Dodgers didn't dominate <laughs> oh, that's that, right. that division. Now, the problem was people don't remember it around the country because they never got down to the last day. They'd win by 10 games. But what was it? The, yeah. the Reds won it in 72, 73, Dodgers in 74, Reds 75, 76, Dodgers 77, 78, Reds 79. So for eight years, five for the Reds, three for the Dodgers, they dominated that division. Rick That's and I used correct. to have baseball bets, and I think I always picked the Dodgers, and he always picked the Reds, and he beat me on them. But, you know, so that is a rivalry, you know, that the people that are our age will remember. But, uh, no, I just think that the, it's Burroughs' year. I, I'm, I'm not uh, knocking Stafford. I think it's been great that Stafford was able to get there. I'm mm-hmm. glad for him. He suffered a lot in Detroit and all that. But I just think it's Burroughs' year. I think it's one of those things where, you know, like, like Brady, he's, he's there at the time. Hey, let's win it now. You never know if you're going to get back, you know, like Marino. You know, Marino, I'm sure, walked off the field against San Francisco in 85 and said, well, we'll be back. You know, we'll, we'll, we've got great players. We'll be back two or three more times and never got back. So win it now is the idea. And, of course, Stafford's older. I just have a feeling about this Bengals team. They, they just, uh, you know, coming out of nowhere. And I, I just think they're the Cinderella's. Okay, Rick. I can, t- I can yeah. tell you, though, Chris, our, uh, one of our, we always talk, we've heard him, you know, during the baseball season when he would talk to Marty Brenneman. Boy, Bill Cunningham is happy with those Bengals. Oh, I'm sure he is. I'm sure. I'm sure somehow or another he's got tickets to this game. I don't know how, but Could Bill be. Bill is a is a guy with influence in Cincinnati. And he lo- but he loves the Reds and he loves the Bengals. He yeah. sure does. Yeah. Go ahead, Rick. Okay, uh, before I get to my Super Bowl pick, Chris, you were talking about that Reds Dodgers rivalry, and it always reminds me of it. One week it was the game of the week, and they had Tommy Lasorda mic'd up, and he's coaching third, so he's right near Pete Rose. Uh-oh. And he's yelling to Rose the whole time. At one point, he says to Rose, "Hey Pete, we took a team vote. You were you were elected second handsomest guy on the team. It was a twenty-four way tie for first place." <laughs> <laughs> they didn't, now, now they didn't ever have to um, put in the language thing, did they, Rick? Yeah. <laughs> I got Not that time. They were ready. Yeah. Well, he he was mic'd up, so he knew. Yeah. And in the days of the seventies, uh, you know, and the stuff. You could, you knew you couldn't say that stuff. That's you? right. Just don't, just don't ask him about uh, Dave Kingman. That's no, right. Don't do that. Don't do that. Uh, okay. The, I, the the Rams front seven against that Bengals offensive line scares me to death. But for some reason, I just think it's the Bengals year. Um, I'm going Bengals thirty three, Rams thirty one. Okay. Well, right. I'll, I'll, it'll probably get me, but I'm going to, you know, in one way, I'm going to pick with my heart because I am a Rams fan, and I think it'll be high scoring. I will go 34-31 Rams, but it will be, it'll come right down to the end like like, like all these games have. Yeah. Bill? I'm going to go Cincinnati, and I'm going to go 31-28. I believe this might be... The Bengals 
year. Now watch us predict all of this as so-called experts, and who knows we're right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So don't so, go back. So Bill, money. what's your memories of the Reds-Dodgers rivalry? Oh, Reds-Dodgers. The there's no question. Starting, I mean, 70, 69, in the 60s, that rivalry made no sense, but it was... It was a great rival. I mean, you go all the way across the country to the West Coast, and I used to stay up for those late-night games. And, oh, no, that was one of the best rivalries in baseball. Mm -hmm. No, I can... I can tell you stories and stories about the Reds and the Dodgers. I remember a game. They had a pitcher. His name was Wayne Simpson. He was a one-half wonder. And I think he blew his arm out the second half, but like 14-3. and And I remember him going out there the second game of the season and throwing a... Um, a shutout against the Dodgers. That's when they'd play the home game on Monday and then hit the road on Tuesday and okay. go all the way across the country. So wow. I remember those quite well. Yeah. So, now, now, Bill, okay. hold on to those stories because we may need them if there's no baseball. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah. right. Well, Robert? <laughs> um, I've been going back and forth with this game all, all ever since it was matched up, but... Uh, I'm going to take the Los Angeles Rams. Um, I just, I, I think it's their time, and uh, I agree with Rick. I think Aaron Donald and Vaughn Miller and that defense is going to have fun at, at uh, Joe Burrow's expense. That offensive line is one of the worst in football. I mean, in the Tennessee game, Burrow got sacked nine times. The problem is the Titans didn't have any offense to uh, take advantage of it. The Rams, that's a different story. You, you sacked Joe Burrow five or six times with Aaron Donald and company. Uh, the Rams are going to control this game. I think they win it 35-21. Uh, to 21. Okay. Sean? Well, well I'm going to go with the Bengals, 34-28. to 28. So, Okay. Yeah. I got some interesting stats here on... The Bengals and the Super Bowl, and there and some stats, some little info things about this matchups. Okay, minute, but I don't know if you had some other stuff well, first or whatever. Well, one thing you might want to mention since you're our Texas representative, you got a guy betting the big time on uh, the Bengals down oh, there, don't yes. you? Mattress Mac did it again, <laughs> and a four point five million on the Cincinnati Bengals. He drove over to Louisiana. And put it down with Caesars on the Caesars app and told him he was going to do this. And if he wins, now he picked him outright. He didn't pick him to cover. He picked him outright to win. Mm-hmm. And if he wins, he'll get $7.7 million. And anybody that buys $3,000 worth of furniture in a gallery furniture, which is his big store there in Houston, they get their $3,000 back if the Bengals win. And this guy, he's done a lot for... Remember during Hurricane Harvey and stuff like that, and he's made bets with the Astros. Now he hadn't had oh, a yeah. good January. He didn't have a good January. He lost three point two million, but yeah, <laughs> it's like us losing a hundred bucks. It's like us right. losing a hundred bucks. Yeah. But, okay. All right. So I guess we got our Super Bowl picks in. We did. Well, we have Jerry. Yeah. Jerry might want to get his Super Bowl. Huh, pick. Yeah, sure. Jerry. Sure, Jerry. Well, I'm going to win the money either way because in <laughs> separate contests, I pick two separate teams. Oh, we can't wait. You can only but pick one, you can't, Jerry. 
problem is, Jerry, you can't root very good that way. You yeah, know? you I mean, can't. Oh, come on. Oh, I'm going to go with the Bengals 31 to 20. Okay. 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 All right. All right. Okay. All right, Jerry. Yeah. Okay. So, well, okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. A couple of interesting things about the Bengals and the Rams and all this. Now, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals are the third team to go from worst to first in two seasons. You know, having the number one draft pick and then two seasons later making Super Bowl. Of course, uh, you had the 49ers did it, uh, the 79 season, of course, winning the Super Bowl in 82. Then you had the uh, Panthers in, you know, 01 and 03, you know, losing there to uh, the Patriots, you know, yeah. to New England. And then this year with Joe, with Cincinnati got the number one draft pick in 19, and now they're in the Super Bowl. And mm-hmm. Cincinnati has the worst winning percentage of the three at 625 or something like that. And then also, whoever wins, Stafford or Burrow, will be the seventh number one draft pick to start in a Super Bowl game and win it. Uh, of course, you had Punk, you had Terry Bradshaw. Now, NFL draft pick, because Joe Namath did it. He was an AFL number one, but NFL draft pick, number one, Terry Bradshaw, Jim Plunkett, Trey Aikman, John Elway, Peyton Manning, and Eli Manning. And two others, of course, Drew Bledsoe started most of the season, so he got them to that Super Bowl, but he did not start in that game. But he was on the team. And, of course, David Carr was Eli's backup with the Giants. So no, Drew Bledsoe started in the game against Green Bay. The only you're thinking you're getting the season mixed up. He started against Green Bay, and uh, they didn't win, but he did start that game. Yeah. Yeah. And just to clean but, up, but, go ahead. But he was on the team. I thought he was on the team when they won the next when Brady. They was on the team, game. but he played the Pittsburgh the second half of the Pittsburgh the late first half and second half of the Pittsburgh yeah. game, and he started well, the season. But what I'm saying is he did start a Super Bowl. No, that's yeah, he, he was one, one win of the Super Bowl. Oh, the no. win the Super Bowl. No, that's was, right. Okay, yeah. then. He was yeah. He was one of the two that did not start the Super Bowl game. That was the number one draft pick that won. But he but he helped get them there throughout yes, the he season. Did. So he right. got a little. He gets a little more credit than, say, David Carr does. Right. Okay. And just to clean up last week, you mentioned I wondered if this was the first time two number one picks had faced each other at quarterback. And about 10 minutes after I got off the phone, I remembered um, Peyton Manning against Cam Newton. No, that's right. Right. Well, let's hear hear Dick real quick, and then we're going to move on to our other sports that we have. Dick, go ahead. There's other sports? (laughs) Yeah. Go ahead, Dick. Oh. Star six. Oh, sorry. We went. There, there you go. There you go. go. You we got gotcha. you. Gotcha. Oh, now he had me. Now he muted. Oh. Oh. Here we go. Yeah. Uh-oh. Dick. Oh. Oh, come on. There you go. There. Okay. All right. I think the Rams are going to win. I think that their defense is just too good. Unfortunately, I mean, my goodness, Tennessee sacked him nine times. Uh, and Ike Robert was spot on, really. Yep. Uh, my score will be no Rams 28. Uh, the Bengals kick a lot of field goals. Uh, mm-hmm. about, uh, how about 21 or 20? Yeah, 28 20. Okay, 28 20? Okay. Yeah. There okay. You go. All right. All right, guys. All right. Hey, thanks, Dick. 
All right. Can we move on to baseball? We can, yes. Yeah. All right. So baseball. So the first thing we need to talk about, and we kind of already did, but we can do it a little bit more, the, the three stories that came out, the MLB asked for a federal mediator, but the Players Association rejected that. And that made a big stir with, with uh, our group, our baseball group, that somehow – the players were really putting the kibosh on having a season, but how come they wouldn't expect? Well, first of all, whoever thinks that you can even, what I said was you can even ask for it and, and know it's not going to happen. So you take your, like, I'm taking the high road. I'm going to ask for this thing, even though I know we're not going to get it for whatever. Then Marty Walsh, I think took the pressure off the, cause he's the secretary of labor now, former, uh, you know, Red Sox, uh, Boston mayor and big Red Sox fan, took the pressure off by saying, hey, we're here. Anytime anybody wants us to help, we will, we're willing to help. So I think he kind of tried to take the pressure off the players that way because I think the people really overreacted to that. I mean, it's just people do this all the time, and the, the other, both sides need to, to agree to have it, and uh, you know, but they just didn't, so that's the way it is. So and we do need to have meetings story. more than once or twice a week. They need to that really start, good. you know, they need to be yeah. about every day and figure this out. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then uh, Jose Moda is leaving the Angels after 20 years in the broadcast booth. He's the son of Manny Moda. It was his decision. He's 57 years, or he's going to be 57 years old. Did some radio, TV, and sideline re- reporting, and a lot of, you know, he had a lot of, uh, jobs for the angels and i almost the way it was worded when we sort of read the little article it almost sounded like he's got something else lined up but he's not announcing it yet uh he is joining the no he is he's joining the dodgers there you go well who's their their longtime uh spanish uh, voice uh i mean harim or something I yeah yeah and so maybe there's, you know, obviously this guy's going to get to the point where he's going to be leaving. So maybe Moda's angling to to get into a little. And uh, Harim did did announce that this would be his last season. So, so there, yeah. Jose may be working with him. Joe West finally re- announced his retirement. I knew he already was going to be five thousand. Yeah, I thought we already. I thought we already knew that. We kind of <laughs> had the uh, farewell we tour, it, but yeah, five thousand four hundred sixty uh, regular season games, six World Series, three All Star games, uh, forty three years in the league. And uh, and let's see. And the other umpires who are also retiring that we didn't know about, at least I didn't know about all these, Jerry Davis, Kerwin Danley, uh, Brian Gorman, and uh, Fielding Culbraith. So they're all going to be gone. Uh, we're not going to know who these my umpires are this year. You know, well, I don't anymore. They're kind of all the big names are gone. The minor league season is going up to 150 games, so everybody's going to have uh, six more games. The thing is that the changed and people are kind of glossing over it. They used to end on, around Labor Day, and now they're going to go uh, till September 28th or whatever. Correct. What is the feeling? Do the they reason, really think they're the going to draw after that, school goes back and everything? The, well, the reason behind it, Chris, is now, remember, with the rosters only expanding by three as opposed to 15, yep. they want those players to, con- con- uh, to continue playing games so that if they need players, you're not calling somebody up cold like a couple of years ago, if you remember right, remember in a game with the Brewers when Addison Russell got plunked in the head, they had to call um, one of their minor league players up, and he was sitting at home <laughs> because the season was over, and he basically had to step in cold. So yeah. that's the reason for it. They want these players to be playing games Okay, uh, is why they're doing it. Yeah. Okay. Is there yeah. going? Are they going to be back to the regular travel, or are they just going to play in these pods again? 
Uh, pardon, Chris? Are they going to be racked back to the regular travel, or are they going to be playing in these pods? Uh, they are, they no, go? they are back to regular travel because the iCubs, I believe, open in Buffalo this year. Oh, that, now that is a good idea. Uh, that's a good plan. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, okay. All right. And so I we think, probably, we probably, Chris, will play you guys this year at some point. Yeah, well, that, that'd yeah. be good. Hey, if, if things go well, the uh, Red Sox and uh, Cubs are going to meet at Wrigley Field right. on Father's Day, as they often do. And there is one more piece of baseball news. Trevor Bauer will not face criminal charges in his situation. Now, this does not mean anything as far as um, MLB's investigation, but he will not face criminal charges. That's the Trevor Bauer news that broke about a half hour. Okay. Okay. So I think that's it for baseball. So we had one college football note, and uh, you talked about it. Brian Harson. why don't you talk about that, uh, Sean? Well, Brian Harson. apparently they're investigating him. They're in Auburn because 20 players and five coaches, the offensive and defensive coordinator were two of them, and the re- one of the five coaches replaced one of the coordinators, all have left, and there's been allegations about him with an affair, and just one player sent out a tweet saying that he was not, uh, you know, that, yeah, he he was a good coach, but he was so full of himself, he, he was too tough on everybody and too hard and just you know not not necessarily it was just it was a culture that wasn't really good one he was you know, one he was an authoritarian course. from what you hear and the one guy who left bo Nix, all big time auburn you know auburn guy his dad was there and he went all the way to oregon to get away to eugene oregon yeah it's, and right now they're standing by they're they're investigating but right now he is still the coach at auburn so and okay. the administration well, what they basically what they it. basically have said Sean is this they've said the the administration has basically said hey if you can give us a reason to fire him with cause we'll do it but if we can't fire him with cause we're not doing it. right no cuz 20 million or something so like they that, need yeah, to, something like that. if there's some incidents they need to you know document them or or whatever yes. but yes. but okay. I, I think that the big thing with the authoritarian i mean sadly those kind of coaches, you, you you can't do that anymore. You kids, no. for better or worse, kids are not as as tough as they used to be. No, they're not. No. Okay. So college basketball, we have a couple of announcing things I wanted to mention, and then we can get into what's going on around the country with the teams. But we with Georgetown the other day, Rich Kropotnik is his name. He is the voice of the Georgetown Hoyas. He did his fifteen hundredth Hoyas game. Uh, this uh, on Sunday against Providence, and he is has been there for about as that would indicate about fifty years. You know, we figure he used to play about thirty games a year, roughly. So you know, whatever. But uh, he's uh, done been there since the early seventies, and he works by himself, and he always has. And uh, he has also been known. I don't think he does it anymore, but he used to do the whole Big East tournament. Some NC State was one that did things like that that would send the whole tournament back to their station. Virginia so, Tech did that. Yeah, so when yep. uh, when he was on WWDC in Washington, he would do the whole thing. And our BC guy one night had him on before the tournament on the, his uh, talk show, Ted Sarandis, and, and talked about that, that he was going to do that. They were good friends when uh, Ted Sarandis was in, in the Big East. But Rich Kropotnik with uh, 1,500 Hoya games, that's quite, a, quite an achievement and uh, probably hardly ever missed any tough guy. And uh, you have a, a death report, uh, Perry, about your, uh, your college basketball. 
Mac McCausland, who did the TV commentating, for the most part, he did some radio, too, back in the 80s, but he did a lot of TV commentating for the University of Iowa, died over the weekend of natural causes at 76. And Mac was one of these, I won't say a stranger, he was kind of a unique guy, and people would tune into those broadcasts just to hear what Mac's going to say. So he was kind of an interesting guy, but... Uh, his son, Kent McCausland, played for the Hawkeyes for four years. And Mac was an AAU coach, but uh, big-time Hawkeye fan. And um, I had not even heard uh, anything was wrong. But natural causes the age of 76. Well, okay. I do have a story, too. Okay. Um, this is unusual, but my alma mater, my college, who had well, this school has been building and building and building over the years. The University of Southern Indiana is going from Division Two to Division One, oh. and that's you don't see that too often. And I didn't know anything about the four-year rule. The other thing is, tomorrow they're going to announce their affiliation, and I would not be surprised if it wasn't, what is it, the Ohio Valley Conference? Yep. I I would yep. say, but who knows, I could be totally, 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 totally wrong, but we'll find out tomorrow. But it's quite an accomplishment. They've really... Oh, it is. They've won three or four yep. Division Two national championships, and remember... Bruce Pearl was a coach there back in the 80s. And he coached he, there before he was an assistant at Iowa. Yes, he yeah. was. He coached um, there. I remember him doing his coach's show and all that kind of stuff. So, But it's, it's quite a story because it will be the 11th uh, Division One school in Indiana. Wow. Um, so, basketball, yeah. basketball in Indiana, Bill, I am, is probably what like yeah. wrestling is here. Right. Yeah. And basketball now, does, is big does, here, too, but wrestling is absolutely huge in Iowa. Now, now, does Southern Indiana have a football team? They do not. Now, that may change. Oh, well, and they may or may not go into the Ohio Valley then. They may go into that league with uh, Western Illinois, with, oh, with Oral Roberts and UMKC, but travel-wise, it would make sense. To, but Belmont doesn't have a football team, and they were in the Ohio Valley until next year. But, yeah, you've seen a number... The last 20 years or so, you've seen a number of Division II schools because they're either going down to Division three or going up to Division one, especially because of the the scholarship deal with Division two because they can go non-scholarship or they can get more scholarships by going – because you've seen a few of them here in Texas that have done it. But, yeah, it, it doesn't happen that often. There's been about – I think there was one school that came in this year. Another one, Cal Baptist, they're in their second or third year at Division one. And they're a pretty good team. They could be a spoiler in the tournament, but they can't go in because they that four-year rule. Right, and I was... Yeah, one other story about that. When I graduated in 1976, I was the first visually impaired to complete and get my, you know, to graduate from the University of Southern Indiana. So, uh, a little bit... and. Back at that time, I couldn't just transfer because I, I, I transferred from Vincennes in my two years of junior college. And when I transferred there, 
Boy, that got Sean. They made me. Yeah, they. Oh, I'm right here. I'm still oh, here. okay. There's right a five one two in here. Yeah. I, anyway, they made me come for an interview to see if it was going to work out as a blind. Whoa, some kind of okay. thing going on here. But <laughs> something to do with my diabetes. But but anyway, and that all worked out. But they were so nice to me after that. But since you're the first blind graduate, you're going to have Bill Sparks Arena once they get some money. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm positive of it. It's coming. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. Back to Another, your okay. sports. Another story, though, in college basketball, I think people would want to know, Sean, what is wrong with Baylor? Oh man, they've hit they've hit a rock. And well, Kansas, I don't know what's going on with them. Uh, they got Texas on Saturday, so and Texas, like I said, has been on a pretty good winning streak. And now they got it at home, so yeah, hopefully they don't end that streak on Saturday against Texas. But you know, I don't know. I think they've they've just I don't know what's going on with Baylor this year or late this last month or so, especially. I don't know what's going on with them, but. They've they've hit a slump. They started off. They were no. They were number one team. Yeah. You know they remember defending national champion and everything. And now, I mean they've they could very easily not even be one of the top two or three in the Big Twelve. And the hot top the top teams that you've been hearing a lot about lately for those who who are interested, Gonzaga and Auburn are the two big 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 top teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then Arizona State. Uh, Villanova, Arizona Kansas, State, UCLA I, had a game last. What was it on Saturday night? They had yes, a triple they, overtime game. Yes, they did. They had a great game on Saturday. That was oh man. Mm. Yep. Okay. All right, anything else that we need to cover on college basketball before we move to the NBA? No, no I think that's it. All right. So we, here we go. The NBA. And this this uh, Eastern Conference is very interesting. You can listen to these top five teams. They're all within two games of each other. Miami's number one at thirty five and twenty. Milwaukee thirty four and twenty one. <clears throat> Chicago thirty three and twenty one. Cleveland thirty three and twenty one. And Philadelphia thirty two and twenty one. So there you go. Then you've got a drop to the sixth place battle, where Toronto is at twenty nine and twenty three. Brooklyn is twenty nine and twenty. They're sixth actually because they won last night. They moved into sixth. Brooklyn is twenty nine twenty four, and the Celtics are thirty and twenty five. So what <coughs> happened here is the Nets have issues. They have lost eight in a row. Eight in a row, yep. They have lost eight in a row. They have had um, also, of course, Kevin Durant's been out. Of course, they can only use Irving half the time, and he's not going to be able to play tonight because the Celtics in Brooklyn are going to play in Brooklyn. And also, um, James Harden is not playing. And apparently, there is some rumor floating around that they may trade James Harden because the team isn't happy with him. He wants the ball too much, as I said. With these, this team, who how many balls are you going to have, guys? When they put this together, and James and they Harden said yesterday, the then they said yesterday, Chris, that they're not trading. Right? Yeah, well, but the, I, the rumor I, I'm on not Sunday, gonna... the rumor on Sunday was it was going to be for Ben Simmons. Well, yeah, they, then he I... wouldn't have to worry about shooting. That's okay. <laughs> ben can do that. So you know, but uh, so I don't know. But they they've got issues. It's clear they need they have chemistry problems. Well, they, Kyrie's there. They got chemistry problems. What else? <laughs> no. So so all right. So moving to the. So you've got Toronto now in the last regular spot at 29-23. Brooklyn, 29-24. The Celtics, 30-25. and 25. So they, the Celtics have won five in a row, and they've won uh, since New Year's Day. Let's see, I think they're 12-4. and four. 
New Year's Eve day. And, you know, same Bruins came back the next day and they got hot. So really, but except for that Patriots loss in the playoffs, the teams around here have been doing pretty good. So anyway, so the Celtics are right now eighth, but they're playing Brooklyn tonight. So they can move ahead of them and get up with Toronto. Then, uh, So then you've got Charlotte has dropped back a little to 28 and 27. They're ninth. Atlanta is 25 and 28. They're 10th. So this is kind of spread out a little bit. You've got sort of different parts of this with the Nets, the uh, Celtics, and Toronto right at the moment fighting for sixth place. And then Atlanta and Charlotte back. Then you've got Washington at 11, 24, 29. The Knicks are 24 and 30 and 12th. The perennial 13th place Indiana Pacers at 19 and 36. Detroit 12 and 41 and Orlando 12 and 43. In the West, we have Phoenix 43 and 10, Golden State 41 and 13. So uh, they maintain a little cushion there. Memphis 37 and 18. Number four is Utah at 33 and 21. Number five, Dallas at 31 and 23. Then we have Denver 29 and 24. Then we have Minnesota still moving along at 28 and 25. Good for them. They're seventh. So they're the top play in team right now. Lakers would be next at 27, 28. Uh, Clippers, I'm sorry, 27, 28. Then the Lakers, 26 and 28. And then the 10th place team right now, because those three will probably make the playoffs if you look at this, because New Orleans is 21 and 32. They're the 10th place team, would be the fourth play in team, but they're in a battle because Portland is 21 and 33. San Antonio is 20 and 34, and Sacramento is 20 and 35. So the uh, big, uh, you know, suspense, theoretically, will be who's going to get that 10th play-in spot, but the the other nine are probably going to make the playoffs. Then we have Oklahoma City at 17 and 36, and Houston at 15 and 38. So there you go. So that's uh, the NBA standings, and we have, of course, some NBA news and notes, including all-star things, but the first thing we're going to start with is the death of Bill Fitch, 89 years old. He was an assistant coach and had some college head coaching jobs with uh, North Dakota and Minnesota. But then he came to Cleveland in 1970 through 79. The Celtics, 79 through 83, of course, came in with Larry Bird uh, in in the first year of Larry Bird. Houston, 83 through 88. New Jersey, 89 to 92. The Clippers, 94 through 98. The, the Boston, of course, he won his championship with the Celtics in 81. He was coach of the year in 76 with Cleveland when he got him to the Eastern Finals and 80, uh, the first year with the Celtics with a big improvement. Of course, Bird was there too. And then, uh, he, uh, in the pros, in the regular season, it was 944 and 1106. Well, there were some tough years in other places than here. And, uh, for the playoffs, 55 and 54, he made the Hall of Fame in 19. For the Celtics, his record was 242 and 86. So there you go. And 26 and 19 in the playoffs. And, uh, and let's see. So tomorrow night on Wednesday, the NBA is going to have an all female crew, uh, for ESPN. I think they've done this before. Didn't they do this last year? I think I, I know. They, they no, no, uh, no, they did not. Okay. Well, they're they're advertising it as this is the first time they've ever done okay. it. Okay. So. Well, they ought, so to get good, they ought to get good ratings on this. Oh, okay. I don't well, think Well, Golden so. State Utah is a good game, so that will help. May get, they, it may be a good game, but you tell them who the play-by-play person is. Well, and Beth, Mo- will, Beth Mullins yeah. is the play-by-play. It's, That's not where it drops. Now, yep. boy, Doris Burke is very good, and so and uh, Lisa Salter. I don't know anything about her, but I know uh, Doris she, Burke is She well. does a very good job on the sidelines. So. Yeah. And the rest of the She's crew will... You know, we'll be women, the camera crew, and so forth. Right. 
So we have the reserves. Now, apparently the way this all-star game works is they were picked by conference, but then it's a schoolyard pick after that with the captains who are LeBron and Kevin Durant. Even though Durant can't play, he is still going to be a captain, and he will pick a team, and uh, LeBron will pick a team, and I don't know how they decide who goes first or whatever. But anyway, here are the reserves uh, that were named. Uh, And uh, let's see. You have, uh, of course, the game will be in Cleveland on the 21st. 20th. uh, 20th, yes. So in the West, Rudy Gobert from Utah is a reserve. Carl Anthony Towns from Minnesota. And uh, Tremont Green from the Warriors. He won't be there. He's hurt. Okay, so there'll be another replacement. We've got one replacement I found out about, so there'll be more. Uh, The second replacement comes from San Antonio, but I don't. I don't know who it is. Okay. Maybe Sean does. Luka Doncic for the uh, for Dallas, Devin Booker for Phoenix, uh, Chris Paul for Phoenix, and uh, Donovan Mitchell for Utah. In the East, Jason Tatum from the Celtics, uh, Rick uh, not Rick Middleton, uh, Chris Middleton <laughs> from uh, from the Bucks, uh, Jimmy Butler from uh, Miami, uh, James Harden. Well, yeah, from the Nets or wherever he is at the time, maybe he'll still be there. Zach Levine from the Bulls. Uh, Darius uh, Garner from Cleveland and uh, Fred Van Vliet from Toronto. So those are yeah, your now Jason reserves. Tatum, Chris. Jason Tatum is going to be in the starting lineup yeah. because he's going to replace Kevin Durant in the starting lineup. The person oh. who's replacing uh, Kevin Durant as a, a roster spot is Lamelo Ball from uh, from uh, Charlotte. Yeah, so he'll be the and roster I, spot. I, but they did move up people who. Uh, from the yeah. reserves, who got named as a higher vote. Robert, wait. Yeah. The reserves right. are picked by the uh, coaches around the yeah. in the conferences. So I, I'm sure they voted for different people, and you weren't, weren't, I'm sure, allowed to vote for your own team. But what I'm saying is Tatum had the highest vote total that didn't get a starting nod from the fans. Go ahead, I, Robert. Um, I, I know it's somebody from San Antonio that's replacing Green, but I can't remember who it is. Right. Sean, do you have any idea? I think, DeJounte, I think it's DeJounte Murray. That's probably who it is, yes. Okay. I think it's DeJounte Murray, the point guard. Yeah. Okay. So we yeah, have a, a couple of we have a couple of trades. The Clippers uh got Robert Covington and uh and uh Norman Norman Powell, Norman Norman Powell, Powell. from Portland for Eric Bledsoe and, and some bench players and so forth, and we don't really know about that. And uh and draft choices. And Karis Levert was traded from Indiana to Cleveland. And that uh, they Ricky Rubio expiring contract, and he's out for the year anyway with an ACL injury, so he's uh, going to be out. But then he may not even be back next year. He may never play for Indiana. He may yeah. be a free agent. I don't really know. And the, he'll uh, be a free choices. agent at the end of the year. Yeah, draft yeah. choices uh, went went back and forth. And you guys have a couple of other trades that you found out about, right? Yeah, um, <laughs> CJ McCollum and Larry Nance Jr. and uh, Tony Snell was traded from Portland to. Uh, New Orleans for Josh Hart and a couple of other players and some draft choices. And uh, Indiana traded Sabonis to Sacramento for Buddy Heald and uh, Halliburton. And there's a third player involved, I believe, from Sacramento, but I don't know who that is. Kristen Thompson. Kristen. Oh, Kristen Thompson. Okay. And by the way, um, for the Pacers, Justin Holiday also was traded to Sacramento along with okay. Gerald Lamb. So, And they okay. also put a second-round draft choice. They really wanted this Halliburton, so they sweetened up the deal, but they had gotten a second round from 
Houston in 2027 and Sacramento took that pick. So it's a 2027 pick. And for Karis LeVert, just to set the record straight, they got a first round this year and a second round next year. Okay. And but that uh, well, is Bill, a protective pick for this year yeah. in case um the Cavs would go in the lottery, but that is about no, as likely to happen that. as yeah. nothing. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah, well Bill, I think Indiana got the better part of that deal. I buddy Buddy Hield is a very good player and so is Halliburton, so now did Buddy Hills did he ever go to, has he always played at Sacramento? Or did that he go to correct. the Lakers for yeah. a short time? They drafted him. Yeah. yeah. Now, they, now, Sacramento has tried to trade him several times, but no yeah. official, they, they they never completed a deal until today. I don't know what their problem was, but Buddy Hill is a very good player, so Indiana got a very good steal there. Yes. Yes, they so, did. Okay. So take your 19 and 36 and go with it. So yeah. there you go. There you go. Well, if they can get out of, we'll, we'll we'll have to have a bet and see if they can get out of lucky 13 before the season's over. They've been stuck there for. Well, I, we'll, I a, we'll ask uh, we'll ask Bernie on Thursday if they're going to get. I, out. I think they yeah. will get out of 13th because I think they've improved themselves. Well, some of the teams like the if the Knicks or something see they're not getting anywhere, they might start packing it in. So no, we'll I think yeah, I think they'll have and a race for the back end. And the trade deadline is Thursday at 3 o'clock Eastern time, folks. Right. Okay. So we'll probably have a bunch more for you next Tuesday to just run down. And, you yeah. know, and, you know, it's good to be, you know, when those trade deadline days come, it's very hard to follow everything. So I think it's a good service that we do where we go through and, uh, you know, you might uh, you might have heard your team, but you didn't hear some other teams in your division or your conference. And, you know, so we'll try to get as many as we can for you. But those uh, trades were just today. So they're covered on the show. So we'll start with a... Oh, and one other one, too, a breaking news story. Bradley Beals plays for the Washington team, the Wizards. Wizards. He's out for the season, hurt his wrist, and is going to have season-ending surgery. They were going to probably try to trade him anyway because they're going no place. But he's he's not going to play the rest of the year. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I do think he will eventually be somewhere else. Well, there's talk that I guess he and Tatum are friends, so maybe yeah. if they made a trade with Jalen Brown somewhere, they could bring in Beals. But uh, I don't know whether that's yeah. – uh, and we've already got Beale Street right up here named after him, so we're all set to go. <laughs> all right. So I guess we can go to the NHL. And, of course, there's not been too many games played since we did this because we did have our little all-star break, but they're back starting last night. But it's they're slightly different, so we'll run through these standings. Atlanta was, uh, if, I keep doing that because I look at it in AT. Atlantic Division, Florida 69, Tampa Bay 66, Toronto 63, the Bruins 55, Detroit 46, Buffalo 35, Ottawa 34. Hey, watch out, Buffalo. Ottawa's catching you. And Montreal 23, the horrendous uh, uh, Canadians, which uh, does does my heart good. Um, in, in the uh, Metropolitan Division, we have Carolina at 65, the Rangers, 64, Pittsburgh, 62, Washington, 59. So that would be the next uh, target if you want to move up and get out of the first-place game in your division, which would be the top, and move to the second one. That's the one, the Bruins. Toronto and Washington right now would be the teams they're kind of seeing if they can catch and mm-hmm. improve their playoff spot. Then it's a big drop-off, as we've been doing all year. Columbus, 41, the Islanders, 38, Philadelphia, 38, and New Jersey, 35. In the Central 
We have Colorado with 68, the biggest lead for the division, because Nashville only has 60. Minnesota, 59. St. Louis, 57. Then we have a, a drop-off like they, they do in the, uh, in the other two divisions in the East, with Dallas, 48. Winnipeg, 43. Chicago, 39. And Arizona, 26. So really, the play there's going to be a very little about who's going to make the playoffs, yeah. not, except in the Pacific. This is going to be crazy because in the Pacific you have Vegas with 57, the Kings with 55, Anaheim 55, Calgary 52, Edmonton 49, San Jose 48, and Vancouver 46. They've all got legitimate chances. You know that's not horrendous. Yeah, they they, they got to beat each other up and move up. But those six teams do have a chance for those four spots. I mean, they're, now, they're only within uh, nine points of each other for the whole, the whole there's 11 points for the whole thing. What yeah. you, go ahead, Robert. Uh, I was going to say, Chris, Las Vegas is about to get a lot better because Jack Eichel got approved to actually come back and start playing. Oh, good. But before he can do that, the general manager has to get rid of some contracts because of how much money Eichel makes. Mm-hmm. So, before Jack Eichel can actually play in a game, Vegas is going to have to dump a couple of contracts on somebody just so Eichel can play. Okay. Because well, there's seven. Actually, I miscounted. There's seven teams that you'd have to say when you look at fourth place for uh, Vancouver with 46. Uh, let's see where is Calgary's 52. So that's yeah. not un- undoable. That's the one division that's going to have fun for who's going to get in the playoffs. The others are going to be about positioning and stuff, pretty much exactly. the East and and the uh, and the Central, and Seattle with 34. So then yeah. we have a couple of uh, news and notes for the hockey. We have uh, Pat Verbeek was uh, assistant uh, GM for with Steve Eiserman in Detroit. He's now going to be the new GM in Anaheim. In, uh, Anaheim. Anaheim, yeah. And then in the All Star tournament, they had. On Saturday, uh, the divisions played as we talked about. So the Metro Division beat the Pacific six to four, and then the Central beat at the Atlantic uh, eight to five, and then the Metro beat the Central five to three, and the MVP was Claude uh, Giroux of uh, uh, Philadelphia. Yeah, of Philadelphia. So that's probably about the only thing Philadelphia will win on a national basis this year. So there yep. you go. And uh, any other hockey, Robert uh, or Rick? Um, Pat Maroon signed a contract extension today with uh, Tampa Bay to stay there for two more years. Otherwise, he was going to be dealt. Um, so they've improved their cap situation somewhat. And uh, the Blues did that with a couple of their players, but with their, the salaries that they're given on their new contracts, it really doesn't make a difference. But they've re-signed a couple of players, um, and their names escape me at the moment. Okay. But uh, nobody big, uh, no big names. So people are getting their contracts in order because the NHL trade de- trade deadline is next after the NBA. It comes up in March. It's the 21st of March. So. And actually, it's a long way from the end of the season because when they built in the Olympic break, I saw that looking at the schedule, the season isn't supposed to end until uh, late April, right? April uh, is, 29th or something? That That is correct, yes. So the playoffs will not start till May this year. So Right. So yeah. uh, anyway... Okay, Tuka Rask well, that's is, is going to be not practicing for at least a week. So that, who, that who's that Rask? Rask? Rask, yeah, yeah. That experiment's yeah. looking worse and worse. <laughs> yeah. So now, and, and have they disclosed which whether it's an upper or lower body injury? We need to know. It's a lower, it's a lower body. Lower body. Oh, lower body. Which is not great since he had hip surgery. That's a correct. Couple months ago. Yeah, yeah. and uh, they and uh, 
they did say Swayman was going to play tonight against the Penguins. Good, yeah. good. I want to you know get Swayman in there as much as we can because I think he's the future. So, anyway, any other uh, hockey talk? That's about it. So I guess we're done. There you yep. go, Sean. All right. All right, everybody. First of all, I want to remind y'all, uh, the Bill and Perry show will be at 11 a.m. Eastern tomorrow, right after the Coffee Club in the Tim Ani slot. And if you want to download this podcast at any time, go to legendoldies.com type, or type in Sports Lounge Live in your podcatcher or tell your smart speaker to play Sports Lounge Live from Apple Podcast or the Sports Lounge Live podcast from TuneIn or go to 773-572-3006. Option number nine. And when we come back next week, we will have a Super Bowl champion and hopefully a good game. And we'll find out who's right, who's wrong, and who may be crazy. And so we'll see you next week. We're all crazy.